Welcome to the BPM cast. It is February 16th, 2012. My name is Will Ryan. I'm here with the usual crew, uh, Rob Hykimian. What's up? Sean Hyken. Sean, are you here? Hey. And yeah, I'm here. Good. I'm glad you're here. Um, Eric Berg's here. Hey, I'm here. And uh, Philip Casaurus is also here. Hey. Hello. Um... So sad news this weekend. Uh, uh, Whitney Houston passed away at age forty-eight over the over the on Saturday, I think, right before the Grammys. Um, any thoughts on this, guys? I'm not I'm not hu- hugely versed in Whitney Houston, but I mean, young, still still younger than I thought, and so I have zero things to add to, add to this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I literally I know I know the name of zero Whitney Houston songs other than that time she sang the Star Spangled Banner. Well, the Bodyguard that the soundtrack to the Bodyguard is like one of the top ten most sell or whatever that is like one of the most sold yeah. albums ever. Which is that that makes it pretty much guaranteed to be something Eric hasn't heard. Yeah, but all, but it's also weird because I've never even seen huh? a glimpse of that movie. What's wrong? Why? What? What does the bodyguard have to do with me? That's your favorite movie, yeah, she, isn't it? That's love costume. The point anyway. is, she did <laughs> these the, jokes are she did this hard. <laughs> she did Eric. She did the soundtrack to that movie, and it's like one of her most favorite famous songs and one of the best selling songs of all time. And I said you won't have heard it because you don't listen to songs that sell well. Oh, I'm not saying I haven't heard her songs. I just I couldn't name the name of a single song she's done. Well, she's pretty fantastic <clears throat> vocally. I mean she's gotta have one of the best voices of all time. Don't you think? Yeah. People, but I mean yeah, we also have to like be honest, like I don't think we've ever written about her in any context. That's even including her death, we didn't cover it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why, and, did, I mean, why didn't we cover her death? Well, Just I mean, I don't. I can't speak we for don't Rob. Like, we don't. We don't like writing death posts. We do, We very rarely Just, write death posts. Oh, I just don't true? see. I don't see the point in it. I think I feel like I'm mining somebody's tragedy for like page views. You know, unless like we it actually is like. It is, but I mean, if I'm connected to the artist, you know, like if I don't know, pick somebody, you know, like. Someone we actually write about all Bonavir. the time. Like, yeah, Bonavir. if he died, you know, then I, I would actually like have something to say, maybe to write an obituary kind of post. Right. But when it's somebody, I when it's somebody that we don't write about already, I feel like it's kind of insincere to a, a an RIP post. It, it, yeah, it doesn't mean that we don't care. I mean, of course we care, but it always seems out, like we send yeah, out a tweet and a Facebook yeah, thing we, about it, you know. Yeah. And we're talking about yeah. her here. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But I just don't. There's so, absolutely nothing we, we could have added to the conversation, especially that day. It would just been copying and pasting whatever the AP puts out, like every other site does, you know. And it's just it'd just be it's tacky, just mining it for page views. Yeah, Phil's got integrity. But, That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I know. Wait what, till I start talking about the Grammys. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, But has he, anyone? experienced like a Michael Jackson-esque thing yet where I remember when Michael Jackson died you couldn't walk down the street without hearing Michael Jackson everywhere but I haven't really experienced that with Whitney yet no not a whole lot I mean we've heard a couple tributes like girls did that cover of I Will Always Love You that was making its way around the internet which was actually pretty wasn't like great sounding but he seemed Christopher Owen seemed really emotional when he was singing it 
and got the crowd to sing along with him. It was kind of a cool moment. So what was Whitney's Houston standing in 2012? Because I know she was, you know, the story that I read said she was kind of coaching people, prepping them for their Grammy performances. But for the most part, she's kind of before this this era, in a sense, right? Yeah, she's, I mean, at this point, she's, her better days are behind her, I mean, to say it nicely, she, you know? She was the- she was definitely poised for a comeback. I heard they were about to approach her to be a judge on the next American Idol and stuff. So, I don't. I mean, I would, not, would you would that, you call that, that, that a comeback though? <laughs> yeah, but I that's just the first it. step to a comeback. Yeah, I mean, but like, it's like, did Paula Abdul come back? You know, it's like, yeah, it's not yes, a very, back in, she's back in right. the public eye, but it's not like it's going to help her music career. Right, so. she could get up, but she might just get up and perform one time on an American Idol show, and everyone will be like, "Hey, she's still got it." And then you know, that's it. She's a, that's it. She's well on her way to a comeback. But American uh, Idol is less like uh, musical, um, you know, uh, chops or whatever, and more less than it is kind of just about fame and pop culture. So right, but if you if you've ever watched American Idol, Whitney Houston is who they basically make, you know encourage basically every female singer on that show to sound like right that's fair and also it's like i don't know like uh she died before we could ever say like what kind of it's not she like she was going to break into the indie market or or something you yeah know? It's like, i mean she had <laughs> tried to come back multiple times and failed right right i mean it's just i mean it's just a sad thing we saw with amy winehouse too and you just see like the toll that long periods of substance abuse does to your body physically that's like no matter how much you want to recover maybe mentally like there's just irreparable damage that it does to your body physically you know and even as even your voice you know and she must have been super young when she did the bodyguard that's that uh, was, well, like was early late... 90s so she, oh, okay. maybe mid 20s i guess 20 i thought it was late 80s her, her first album came out in 85 her first album which has most of her most well-known songs on it, like uh, Saving All My Love For You uh, and Grace It's Lovable and stuff like and that, that. And then she was probably about 20 when that came out, you know, probably like pushing 30 by the time of the bodyguard. Okay. We, can, we can figure this out, guys. We have the internet and we have math. Yeah, yeah. No, I just did the math in my head. That's about right, you know, because she was like about 50 or whatever, 48 when she died. So... Yeah, pushing thirty for bodyguard, early twenties for, for. Okay, I guess that's Costner is in that movie. He, yeah, he, he's not exactly a youngin. Yeah, um, his, his his career is doing about as well as Whitney Houston's was at the time of her death. Huh? Yeah, what's the last thing Kevin Costner did? Of note. Yeah, or just at all. The last thing I remember him, and this was like probably like seven or eight years ago, was that movie about JFK, where he was like, he was like JFK's bodyguard. The Oliver Stone movie? No, it wasn't Oliver Stone. It wasn't the. It was like the 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 one about the Bay of Pigs. That that is the, It's called JFK, and it was Oliver Stone. No, no, it's a different movie. It's not. <laughs> it's not the one where he's a lawyer investigating JFK. He oh, a he's in a different JFK movie. Yeah, a movie where he's like a security guard for JFK and Bobby oh. Kennedy, and the, it's the Bay of Pigs disaster. It's called Thirteen Days. Oh yeah. Okay. But I mean, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> Miss, I remember Mr. Brooks. I guess that I was, remember that movie existing. I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, wrong, wrong podcast. Off. We're not. We're not. Oh, the yeah, film, 
Check out the film stage for, uh, you know, movie <laughs> coverage. We're a music, music website. Speak. But, I mean, but, yeah, but Whitney Houston's sad. I mean, can we conclude, like, like, I, I thought Sean would have, Sean, do you have anything to say about this? Like, I know you're probably more a Whitney fan than any of us. I'm not even, though. I'm, uh, like, I, it's not like, I mean, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan before, when he died, but then, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I was a huge Whitney Houston fan, because I just wasn't. I mean, obviously, I respect her talent, but that was just never really my, you know, my wheelhouse, I guess, but. Yeah. I feel like we've talked, I feel like maybe we've talked about this on an earlier podcast, but. It's always interesting to see how, um, you know, music sites like us and, um, you know, indie music sites cover, uh, the de- like you were talking about, Phil, the death of someone that's kind of outside of our, our realm of usual coverage. And, you know, I, I don't know, like, uh, beyond posts, I mean, did were kind of blog sites posting anything beyond the AP kind of stuff or or was there I mean like- some like yeah Pitchfork just did the basic you know rest in peace Whitney Houston story but like Spin was doing Spin had a you know 15 best Whitney Houston songs a couple of days after her death you know and it's like I'm sure I mean I didn't look at it but like I'm sure it's something tacky where you have to scroll 15 different pages to see each song and like yeah. you know it's just like it's 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 walking the line of celebrating the artist and like capitalizing on yeah. their demise I read somewhere too that um like within 30 minutes of her death they're like her the price of her last greatest hits went up on itunes is that true yeah well i mean i, I read the story i mean and like itunes is saying like first people were blaming itunes for doing it but they said that the label that her whatever record label was it was one of the major ones sony like sony so it was sony like changed it from like a wholesale rate to like a, a non-wholesale rate, so they had to instantly like adjust their prices. So it was like Sony changed the deal they were giving them basically to make more money. But then it went back like once some like within like a couple of days it went back to the original prices. Huh, that's pretty. But I mean, up. it's still super sketchy though. You yeah, know? yeah. And I guess the question is like, how as far as you know, sites, music websites, how do you you kind of walk that line between celebrating? An artist that you didn't really cover, you know, wasn't really in your radar, uh, wasn't on your radar, and 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 kind of um, just saying uh, and being crass about it, I guess. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just you do. I mean, everybody has to sleep at night, right? You know, like I try. You know, me and Rob try to do what we can to make good decisions. Doesn't always work. We don't always make the right decisions. You know, I'm yeah. sure other sites don't always you know, agree with the decisions they make after they think about them, but just try to do your best, I guess. Um, speaking of music and things that happen, uh, it's stuff yeah, we're not qualified music, to talk about. Why would about. we ever talk about music on this podcast? <laughs> the Grammys happened on Sunday. Woo! Um, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to just read out kind of the big winners? Do you guys know them offhand? Well, we, since there's only one of them, it's obvious we can just... Yeah, Adele won yeah. all of the major awards. <laughs> so, so what? Good for her. She good won, for Adele. She won uh, record of the year, uh, album of the year, song of the year, song of the year. Um, bon Iver uh, won best new artist. Yeah, which, which kind of surprised her. me, given all the uh, 
acrimony between him and the Grammys the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but I'm sure they they have those kind of tallies in before he did all that, don't you think? You know, they they just I mean they can't they can't they can change it last second. That's true, but I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. I kind of always think of the Academy Awards, and that seems like a the voting seems like a bigger deal. Yeah, than the but Grammys. I mean, like at the Academy Awards, they actually like make a point of it, where they like right. have the guy who runs the security, you know, like come yeah, up on yeah. stage and like they talk about the security process. Like, I don't think I didn't watch the Grammys, but I don't think they run through the same. Studio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch them either. Um, I hear Nicki Minaj was a was of note for some reason. Can anyone explain that? Oh, it was that was just the most over the top. Like it was, she was basically trying to be Lady Gaga, except without the songs. And she had a she had a uh, she had a um, uh, Exorcist reference in the middle of her performance. Yeah, it was was like a cut a a cutaway to like a uh, a cut scene while she changed stages and maybe even changed her outfit as well. That was kind of like an outtake of the the uh the exorcist with her replacing the little girl she was just trying to be way too weird i mean it started off with her supposed to be in like a confession booth mm-hmm. uh, like a like and singing to some to some or rapping or whatever the hell you call what she does to <laughs> to to some uh priest some guy acting as a priest and then yeah it was pretty crazy it was very interesting visually i wasn't so keen on it musically I how, thought it was pretty incoherent. How'd you feel yeah, about it? Was. How'd you feel about it morally, Rob? Were you were you mortified? <laughs> <Morally? laughs> were you mortified by? No, I, I thought it was perfectly fine, perfectly <laughs> well with. Like, she's trying to she's trying to entertain. Perfectly fine. Because uh, I heard some, you know, Christian groups actually uh, put out press releases, and so it goes, and everything. Well, that's because she showed uh, up with with someone dresses the Pope as sort of her accessory to this whole award show. That's what that was Wasn't about. someone also, you know, head bowed in prayer between her legs, too? Uh, that seems a little... <laughs> I mean, I didn't see it, so maybe it's, it was less... Like, I mean, but, I mean, isn't this the problem? Like, you know, a couple of days after the Grammys, which is, like, supposed to be, like, you know, music's biggest night, and this is like what people discuss. You know, like or like whether like Chris Brown should be invited. Like, you know, they're like inviting a guy who like beat up his girlfriend on the eve of the Grammys like a few years ago. You know, and like had to cancel his performance because of it. They're inviting him back. Like it's like a big redemption. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, but and these are the storylines. I'm like, could they be farther away from like? Like music as art, or like. Well, would you like, rather talk about the Foo Fighters, uh, Dead Mouse, uh, dubstep collaboration? Well, no, exactly. The, the the point is, Sean. There's nothing right. good to talk about from the Grammys, as far as like from a a music fan or a music writer's point of view. Well, let, I guess well, let's, the, the let's, thing talk, let's, talk, let's talk about the Beach Boys. What did everyone think about that? Oh, that was laughably terrible. It wasn't. It was okay. What did it they, was okay. They. Performing, Sean, but, like, do you want to go see the Beach Boys in Eugene? I'm thinking about it. Wait, so paint me a word picture of what happened with the with the Beach Boys. Well, basically, uh, first they had Maroon Five do uh, Surf Go, Surfer Surf Go, yeah. and then uh, 
Foster the People did uh, God Only Knows. Or no, they did Wouldn't It Be Nice. And then the Beach Boys did Good Vibrations. And then all and then all of them came out, like all the all all three of the groups. And it's like it, it I, sounded I, fine I, when it, it was sounded fine when it was just the Beach Boys. The two covers by Fuss of the People and Maroon Five were the Maroon Five one was okay. The Fuss of the People one was pretty bad. And then when they all joined together at the end, it sounded pretty sounded like a clusterfuck. It was too much. Was it yeah. just too many people on? It seems like it'd just be too many musicians yeah, on the stage. The, the problem sweet. is, Will, that Foster the People and Maroon 5 are horrible bands. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. there's no, it's like, oh, yeah, there's no situation too. where that would have been successful because <laughs> they suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, who, who just, who came up with that? You know, no one who's in touch with music. You know, it's like, we're, I don't know, I guess the question is, what would represent modern music as it? People who listen to the radio came up with it. People who listen to the radio. You could have had like Fleet Foxes do a collaboration with the Beach Boys or something. That's another group that's based around vocal harmonies. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there's a million like, ways to make a music awards show and like make it good or like somewhat like meaningful, I guess. But but the Grammys is never going to be that, and like I just chose to ignore it just <laughs> for the most part. Right. And I think that's just the most upsetting thing. Like I don't know why the Grammys get me so upset, especially this year for some reason. <laughs> it really upset me. But like, I'm really, I'm really glad you're this upset, Phil, because it means I don't have to get upset. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, have to get ass of myself. Every, like, I mean, even like from from people, you know, on our side, I'm not gonna like, I'm not calling anybody out right now, but like, everybody was doing running live tweeting of the Grammys, like point for point, you know, and like mostly shit talking, you know. But I'm like, like, what did you expect? First of all, like, what did you expect? Like, you're watching the Grammys, like. And you're like live tweeting it like you're surprised that it sucks. Right. And then second of all, like the same people are writing like wrap up pieces the next day, you know, and like just trying to like get hits from it from their website, you know, doing like, you know, individual posts of every performance. Like, like, you know, it's a terrible performance. Why are you reposting it? Like, uh. no, I think you're, but, but, but people want to see it. I, did you see, this is a bit of shop talk, but uh, the audio uh, got 28,000 hits on, on Monday, which is one way, way higher than they ever get. Probably yeah, exactly. Just like, I don't have a problem with the it. audio proof posting him because that's what he does. Like, he posts stuff from TV for other people to post, you know? But the fact that, like, like Spin Magazine wrote, like, eight think pieces about the Grammys, <laughs> you know, like, what the Grammys mean. You know, the fact is that they don't mean anything. The fact is that a lot of people that don't normally read music websites do search for the Grammys and sites are trying to capitalize on that. And I think that's bullshit. And that's, and that's not a surprise either. Like it's, it's weird that it happens every, every year over and over again. I guess last year was a little bit weird because arcade fire kind of. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why we paid more attention to it. Like, wow, arcade fire actually. Wow. Good album. One album of the year, you know, how weird. And that's sad that it's, it's like weird, you know, for the Grammys to like actually award someone who deserves to be awarded. That's um. That's basically what Bonnie's speech was all about. It's like, uh, I'd like yeah. To can we talk? All, can we the... talk about that for a second? Can we talk about how he basically talks all this shit about the Grammys and then shows up and collects his award and doesn't even fully commit to the "you guys suck," but I'm I'm accepting this award speech. Well, you yeah. Else? I feel like you have to have like a lot of. I mean, I didn't see it, so I don't. I'm speaking kind of without the. Yeah, someone sum it up for me. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it either. He, it, it, the speech was basically, 
I feel weird about being on this because I think you guys aren't honoring everybody that uh, should be honored. But uh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, record companies, for promoting my record. Thank you. Like, it was basically, you know, tried to preface it with a, I, this is this, basically this is bullshit, but I love this. Is basically what it came down to. Yeah, well, like he was trying, trying he, he was to saying, act he, like he didn't care. Any, and he was saying things like, "Well, I'd like to thank all the bands that are making making amazing music out there that'll never be at award ceremonies like this and things like that." But it was right. great to hear him mention Jack Jaguar. Like that was my favorite. That was my highlight of the night. So I yeah, I mean, I I guess I see, like, I see what Sean's saying. Though. Commit, like, if you're really against the Grammys, you think it's bullshit. Don't show up, like. Yeah. If you and are, and if you are going to show up, here's the thing. Here's the thing I don't understand. And like, if he was going to give this speech about how messed up the Grammys are, he could have even pointed out that his first album came out in 2008, and the whole best new artist thing is. Or yeah, make a, a scene. Yeah, do something. Don't just half-ass yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, like that. Make point something out, and not don't just be like, uh, I don't like the Grammys, but thanks for the award. Thanks, mom. Thanks, uh, yeah. record producer. Do you remember? You remember Eddie Vedder like gave one of the more famous Grammy speeches when he went up to collect a Grammy and he said, "I don't know what this means. I don't think it means anything. Thanks." And that was it. That was like this is the sole completion of his speech, you know. Yeah. And he got he got a lot of flack at the time for, you know, for seeming disrespectful to the Grammys. But in hindsight, he seems a lot more punk rock than Bon Iver does, I guess. I don't know. Like, um, he said he wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to collaborate with the other bands that were there. Yeah. Um, but and does that, dude, and just I was looking at the performances. I bet they were going to include him on that um, at a James tribute, right? The one with Bonnie Raitt and Alicia Keys. Wouldn't that seem like where he would fit in perfectly? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Like, I, was, I, was, I, I think out of those, I think he'd be happy to collaborate with people like that. Well, especially Bonnie Raitt, who he's like covered her song before too. That's why I thought that seemed like the logical thing. But I think. He said he would have been happy to collaborate with who they wanted him to. He just didn't. He, he wanted to play his own song if he was going to be invited there. So no new real revelations about the Grammys as a, an award show. I guess the question is like, what in in the in the ideal world, what would you want to see uh, an award show of this magnitude with this amount of like production? Like, what would you want to see it as? Let me write. I it. would love better. I- <laughs> I would want them to highlight more. I would like them to have an, an award that's like best best album on an independent label or something like that. Just highlight that there is. This I don't. I don't. I mean, up there. I don't even know about that. I just think the the problem is the people they have voting. So they need to. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but like, have it be musicians and journalists. You know, like that's yeah, and like. You know, limited to like I don't know how the Academy Awards does it that keeps it so reasonable. You know, like, well, everybody that's won gets to vote. I think is how it works. And yeah, I don't know how who votes for the Grammys, but it's clearly not people who listen to like who stay up. Basically, on I think it's like label execs, basically. Yeah, and it's like which is sort of there has to be more than that though, because like how do you explain? Arcade Fire on a on an independent label on Merge winning that because there's, there's, lo- there's lots of. There's lots of people, you know, like, or lots of, like, organizations that, like, do things like awards or, like, like the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know? They got that on lockdown. They're doing a great job there, you know? <laughs> Nobody's complaining about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Right. Oh, I think a lot of people are complaining about the Baseball Hall of Fame, but no, they, that, but they that's keep a totally on, different discussion. They keep it on pretty good lockdown, though, you know? They let it one or two people in a year, 
You know, they're keeping the steroid users out. They're, they, they're policing themselves. Yeah, I have opinions about that, but... I think the, the awards themselves are kind of a clusterfuck. Like, I mean, every year that um, the kind of nominations come out, everybody questions, like, what's the difference between, uh, what is it, Best New Album and... And the uh, song record, yeah. And well, I mean, the well, the song, the, the award for song goes to the songwriter, and the award for record goes to the performer. That seems pretty clear cut to me. Yeah, I never had a problem with that either. At, but people, at people the, that don't get it are dumb people. Well, yeah, at face value, yeah, yeah. But the I people mean. who enjoy that and watch it are the dumb are, are dumb people. Oh, exactly. I'm like, like, sorry. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> like, yeah. Good point, Eric. I, I, I know that only idiots can't figure it out, but only idiots watch this, so it's it's a Robin it's Shum. I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's screwed up beyond repair, but like another another time I'm proud you know, I mean like I liked Sean's preview piece, you know, it was it showed the right amount of skepticism about the whole thing that it the, the thing deserved. And it the piece did well for us, but like as far as like wrapping it up, we didn't do any we didn't even post the results on the site and I'm glad. There's no point. It's the only, the only, to me, the only coverage of the actual ceremony that's, uh, that's you know worth doing is if you're doing a live blog where you can do it in real time. Which if I, if we had had this staff blog thing that we're working on set up by that by then we would have I would have had something going on with that. But you know, yeah. next I, year I almost feel like we have to every year. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a pain and it's kind of rote at this point. But we have to make make a stink about it. Otherwise, like. You know, then no one will say anything, and it and it just floats on by, and you know it has to be in this weird I, chaotic state. I mean, there's the the complaining about the people who complain about it, but I feel like you need that just to just to make it clear that hey, music has is, has changed since you know the Grammys were um, you know instituted or whatever, and and there kind of has to be a pushback so that things like Arcade Fire winning album of the year would happen more and more until the Grammys kind of gets in touch with what modern music sort of is at this point in time. Yeah, and and that's and that's the biggest problem is that like this is the year the Grammys completely went off the rails for me. When like you have people like Dead Mouse and Skrillex and then you have people like Boney Bear and then you have everybody else which is like the stuff that's usually at the Grammys. Like your Billboard Top Forty stuff, and yeah, I, I understand that. Like, even Bonnie if you Bear think Bonnie, about like, well, no, but no, like, why, where was Beyonce? Like, didn't she have like a big, huge album out? You know, that would have been in the time frame. She's taking care of a baby, okay? But no, I know, but like, like no, wasn't, you mean four? Yeah, what didn't that album come out during this like period? Uh, yeah, well, it's no different than it's no different than like what happened with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, like. Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. I, Both I, of those I, like, why weren't those albums nominated? You know, like, yeah. well, no, well, uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy won Best Rap Album. It just wasn't one of the main awards. No, no I, I know, but it still should have been up for the main. If award. that album came out four, if that album came out like five or six months ago, it would have been. It would have. It would have been. I don't if know. If Kanye hadn't interrupted Taylor Swift two years ago at the VMAs, it would have been. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, honest, like- I honestly believe the reason they've been keeping him out of award shows since then is because of that. And I know they've given him they give him awards. It's not like he's not winning Grammys because he won Best Rap Out. He basically swept the rap categories this year, but like they haven't given you have to keep in mind they haven't had him on the shows. They, there's a difference between giving him the respect with the awards and actually having him participate in the shows. He hasn't performed at the Grammys since uh 
the year that he collaborated with Daft Punk, which was like three or four years ago. Yeah, I just think more more music journalists need to make a stink. I think I saw way too much just mindless condoning of the Grammys on Grammy night on Twitter and through the post coverage that like, I think people need to speak up a little bit more harshly and talk about how really ridiculous the whole institution I is. I, I didn't see that as much on Twitter, definitely in the post because they, I don't know, don't want to upset somebody maybe, but like everybody I saw on Twitter, which is, I don't know. I follow like damn near everybody I can follow on Twitter. No, I know. People are, people like, are making ripped fun. Into shit. <laughs> but no, but other parts will be like, you know, like, oh, this is actually pretty great. Blah, 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 blah. You know, but regardless well, good, of whether their performance is good, a performance is good. You know? No, no, but I'm saying regardless of whether it was good or bad, the fact that everyone was taking it so seriously was what upset me, I think. Yeah. And people and were like literally engaging it like they expected it to maybe be okay. Yeah, everybody just it's wants probably to because, because make, everybody last just year wants to, to make a funny joke. It was okay last year, though. I mean, it was it was sort of okay. I mean, like, other than uh, Arcade Fire winning, it was still the same old Grammys. And then kind of that was the only thing that you could really take from from. But that. they also they also let Arcade Fire perform without putting them with some ridiculous artist, which was good. They let them perform twice, in fact. They didn't let them perform twice. They performed twice. Yeah, but they didn't stop them the second time. So, yeah. but in any in any case, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like what Phil's saying to give it any credence that that it means anything to this industry. It's like we kind of all have to. I don't. I don't even know how to handle it. Like we all have to get together and and sort. We can't. I I don't want to say condemn, but we kind of have to. You know, write the thing pieces. Yeah, but and can you think about what a cool reaction that would be if, like, everybody from like from Rolling Stone to Spin to local newspapers, to everyone just blacked out the Grammys and didn't cover it? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, like Grammys yeah, happened and well, no news reported it. Like, yeah, it's like we're still kind of giving it um, a little bit of credence by just just saying, "Hey, guys, the Grammys. Maybe something interesting will happen." It's like, no, this is going to be what it always is it doesn't really mean anything to music and we should treat it just out from the outset as such, I guess. In summary, Adele is a good singer and we're happy that she won. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm happy that she won, but I wish... Has anyone seen that Adele's uh, ex-boyfriend Twitter? Uh, yeah. I said, <laughs> no, I have Pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> what what's is, the, what is the, it? What's the handle? I think it's just at Adele's XBF. Am I right, Eric? E, something like it's something just really obvious, yeah. It's the last thing I thought. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out. What it's like. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, Adele's XPF. Adele's XPF. Yep. I guess Adele orders moons over my hammy at restaurants, even when it's not Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So <laughs> um, Bonnaroo. Oh yeah, God! There's a lot of news this week. So, uh, what? Are, so, do we want to just go through the lineup? What What was announced for Bonnaroo? I, I guess I'll, I'll anchor this. <laughs> I got shit it. to say. Phil, are you going to Bonnaroo <laughs> this year? Nah, no, nah, I'm not going to go Bonnaroo. Oh, Phil, why don't you come to Sasquatch then? I guess I'm poor. Can't go anywhere, man. But um, anyway, so Bonnaroo. I mean, it's not a horrible lineup. I just think it 
not nearly as good as Coachella. That's what I have to say. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking it's better than Coachella, but when you look deeper down, it's not as good. I mean, there's no Weekend, there's no At The Drive-In, there's no Jeff Mangum, there's no Pulp. There's no Refuse, there's no Godspeed Your Black Emperor, there's no Pulp. It's like all, all of these kind of niche artists that Coachella has that makes Coachella special is are missing from Bonnaroo. And the stuff that I actually it, would want to see at Bonnaroo, like, I mean, just like, you know, Radiohead, Boney Vare, The Shins. Alice Cooper. Feist. Not Alice Cooper. But, you know, Flogging, flogging but, Molly. But those, those, are all, those are all repeats of Coachella, <laughs> like all the big indie acts, I guess, you know, are all also playing Coachella. So who are the headliners? Radiohead, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Fish. Wait, Sa- Denim, and then the Beach, the Beach Boys are like a sub-headliner. Sounds like uh, Bonnaroo. Festival. Yeah, this and is then, very, yeah, it's, mean, a very bon- it's a very Bonnery lineup. Yeah, I don't know how Aziz Ansari gets built higher than Feist. Like, well, he's not, it's not like they're going to be playing on the same stage. <laughs> There's a comedy tent at Bonnery. No, I know, I know. But even like, he is not that famous, dude. He's on like, Parks he's, and Rec. I know, he's a sidekick on Parks and Rec versus like, you know, like. He's higher billed than Alice Cooper, than Blackstar, than The Roots, than how many, Feist. How many, how many we can also make this point about Childish Gambino and St. Vincent, so... No, exactly. How many videos for Watch the Throne singles has uh, Feist been in? Okay, I, I, I can't answer that for either of those people. And so Feist has been in, in a lot of commercials. No, I mean, I'm, but Aziz has, sorry, like, I guarantee you, Feist stage, wherever she's playing, will be three times more crowded than Aziz comedy stage. I don't think that's true. I, d- I don't think that's true either. I think it'll be pretty And equal. Aziz was even there last... He, he introduced a band last year. Like, he's always a Bonnaroo. But I, <clears throat> I just don't... I don't think he's that kind of a comedian. He's gonna, like... It's not like... I don't even know who'd be that famous, you know? <laughs> like, Honestly, probably Aziz sorry. Like, I mean, like, I ran into him at a bar the other day. He's, like, he's a person that could be at a bar and, that, like, people make a big deal. Well, in other news, uh, Foster the People <laughs> and Skrillex are, are right there with him on the on Yeah, the right next to him. Uh, and, like, the Yvette brothers, I can't believe they're that high either. Like, they just open for social distortion. Yeah, LA. no, they, they draw a crowd, though. And, Phil, we saw like a, that last year. Especially a Bonnaroo crowd. Yeah, true. But, I mean, seriously, they were opening for social distortion in November. Hey, guys, guys. I'm but, Phil, Phil, we saw that last year with Foster the People at Sasquatch when people were, like, climbing on roofs to, like, watch them. You were there with me, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys, this lineup is kind of shitty. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's I mean, a lot this of... Is, this is the first time I've seen it, and, it, hey, it's not that good. Well, I, I went last year, and I didn't think the lineup was that good last year going into it. I just kind of went based on circumstance, and we needed someone to go. But, like, last year looked so much better than this one in hindsight. Like, yeah. I mean, from the headliners to, like, you know, the undercard included, like, the Strokes and the Decemberists and My Morning Jacket and, you know, the Black Keys and Little Wayne were all, like, not headliners, you know? And those are all much better than the not headliners on this one. There's there's okay there's some good stuff. Bad Brains is is going to be there. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, of course, EMA. any festival is going to be some decent yeah. acts, you know. Yeah, but there's no real like kind of deep deep cut sort of like surprises, I guess. No. Um. Even like Coachella having that Azalea Banks, you know, that's like that's something that especially come April is going to be a pretty hot draw, you know. I feel like for me, Foster the People and Skrillex being there, like 
no matter who the lineup is. It's just like I don't want to give money yeah. to that philosophically. And, uh, we just lucked out with Coachella that the fact that both those acts played Coachella last year. So that's why they're not playing Coachella this year. That's that's lucky. Yeah. So. Diplo is going to be there, guys. If only, if, only they, if only they'd done that for the Black Keys. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's Phil, I like, that you, I like that you brought up how they bill people on the poster, though. Because there's, there's seriously nothing that gets me more upset at every festival announcement than where people are placed on the poster. And I mean, I, I agree. Like Aziz Ansari is a, like a big comedian. I just don't think like he's. No, isn't it so stupid? Isn't so stupid, but also so upsetting at the same time. Like he's he like he couldn't like carry a motion picture. Like he couldn't like start a movie and like draw a crowd. You know. Yeah, I mean that was proved with uh, thirty minutes or less. I get. I yeah, guess... he wasn't even the star of that. He was still a sidekick. Oh, that's true. Who was the Jesse Eisenberg? Was the yeah, if Jesse anyway. Eisenberg was playing Bonnaroo, would he be billed that high? <laughs> he's not a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. I know. If he just went up on stage and said shit. I bet he's just going to do Zuckerberg jokes. <laughs> I bet that'd do well for him. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to say about this. It's kind of... Don't you know, go. I'm not going. You can go if you want. Oh, I think we're going to send uh, Chase and probably Erica to Bonnaroo. The last thing I'd say about Bonnaroo is... Is Erica it's, going it's, to... Wait, Erica's coming to Coachella, though. Well, I know, but she lives, like, at Bonnaroo. <laughs> she lives at Bonnaroo. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't yeah, talked to her yet. Festival but, grounds. But, like, she went last year with me, and, like, I assume... I'm going to ask her before anybody else if she wants to go for free, you know? It's, like, it's something... It's a pretty... Re- like, she was able to drive in and out, like, you know? The last thing to say about Bonnaroo is it's stupid comparing it to Coachella because they're miles and miles apart. So if you live near Bonnaroo... You do much worse than go there. I feel like I'd the, say. the only reason why people compare them is just because, like, in terms of size and yeah. prestige or whatever, they're the kind of the same level, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. As, as somebody who grew up in the Midwest and had people and knew people who went to this, it, they draw completely different crowds. So yeah, they are they are the two American festivals that are talked about outside of America, right? Um, let's talk about some new releases. This is kind of first time we're doing this. I just wanted to uh, plug what's coming out this week, inform the people, as it were. Um, so I'm just going to go down the list of what's coming out um, the week of February uh, 14th. Uh, we have Band of Skulls, uh, Sweet Sour on Vagrant. Oh, wait, uh, uh, Will, are we, are we shouting out if we have something to say about an album or something? Or what, yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah, all right. Everybody just thumbs up or thumbs down. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we're not doing Band that. Of Skull- Band of Skulls is a thumbs up. Thumbs sideways. <laughs> uh, Blondes is coming out with a self-titled record. That's their thumbs up. On Raving International. <laughs> 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 this is, I'm, I don't know if this is going to work, man. Uh, Burial's new EP, Kindred, is on Hyperdub. Two thumbs, thumbs down. Two okay. thumbs down. We're, 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 we're not doing Two thumbs down. All right, fuck this section. We're not doing it. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I'm, <laughs> nope. Just shout out. After we've talked about our albums, just shout out any more that you think deserve a mention. Yeah. I, I wanted this. I've, I've thought, like, hey, this podcast is pretty discussion-based, but we don't really inform anybody of anything. We don't really give <laughs> much, like, functional, you know, practical information. 
So I wanted to give that, but you know, we are what we are, I guess. Um, so we're gonna just we're just gonna talk about what we've been listening to. Um, Rob, what have you been listening to? I have been listening to the debut album by Young Magic called Melt. out now on car park records and young magic i don't really know much about who they are they're from brooklyn i think or manhattan they're definitely from new york um i believe they're a trio but they're mostly led by this one guy uh, i don't know you can find out more about them in our review which colin joyce right, has published today but basically they make the kind of music it's kind of like yesay's first album but a bit dancier a lot of atmospherics as well they use a lot of uh different um, you know, instruments from you know, kind of middle, kind of a little bit of a Middle Eastern tinge to it. I think I always felt that way with um, Yeso's first album, All Our Symbols. And yeah, I really like it. I mean, you can. I just think it's a really fun upbeat record that you can dance to or just throw on and listen to and enjoy. And that's all there is to it, really. And it's called Melt. Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Did. did you read? Um, can Can we talk about the review of it? We have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna like Colin. Colin Joyce wrote the review, and Colin's Colin's my boy. I like I like Colin a lot, so I'm not gonna, I'm not calling him out. But this is the second review he's done in a row, where like the kind of jumping off point is is like almost like more controversial than the actual opinion. Like he did he did the A Place to Bury Strangers review, and his jumping off point for that was that like A Place to Bury Strangers sucked. Like the first two albums like weren't very good, and this was kind of like oh this is actually better. And then he, on this review, he's talking about the Yaysayer comparison, and he was like, he's kind of, he's kind of bad mouthing Yaysayer, which I was like, I was surprised at because I knew that one would really be a popular opinion with our site. Well, he was bad mouthing their, sec- their second album, which yeah, we yeah, exactly. which is re- which is re- fair, which is not fair because the album's great. Well, yeah, I guess I I didn't really have anything to say about that. I just wanted to know, like, it's just like both of them. I'm like, wow, they're. If, I wonder if like more people realize how they're kind of controversial reviews. Well, I feel like that's yeah. an interesting. I don't want to uh, like call it Colin either because I, I like Colin as well. But like, I feel like in a review, you kind of have to acknowledge the popular opinion, whether you agree with it or not. You know. So if, if well, you... I, I think that's what he's doing. I think he thinks the popular okay. opinion is that both MGMT's and Yeso's second albums were huge disappointments, which I guess. I guess there's more negativity than positivity for both of those. No, I, I, and I guess I guess that is right. I mean, like Yaysayer did get panned by a lot of major critics too. But I, I'm yeah. just so like ingrained in like the Yaysayer love in our site, you know, that like I was like, I can't believe you would say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it shocked you a little bit. Yeah. Well, the place to bury strangers was even more shocking because like it came from this angle that like. A place to bury strangers, like was just a band that was only good live and wasn't good on record. Well, a lot of people liked that first A Place to Bury. Yeah, band. I mean that was like that was a pitch, Pitchfork best new music album. You know, that, like, was, that when, was that was when the pitch. I mean the uh, the Pitchfork, the shoegaze kind of boom was going on, right? And that, yeah. that was right in there. But I kind of understood what he meant. Like you listen to it for a couple times, you're like, yeah, this is great. But then after a few more, you're like, this is just giving me a headache now. Oh, it definitely gives you a little bit of a headache, but it's a good kind of headache, you know, like that makes you feel like your head's getting cleaned out or something. Rob, are we gonna are we gonna go see uh, a Jesus and Mary Chain at South by Southwest? 
You guys better. Uh, <laughs> do you want to? Yeah, man. That's well, I brought that up because that's who they sound like. And man, talk about a headache. That that show's gonna be loud. All right, dude. You guys better it. see Jesus and Mary Chain, please. I'm definitely. I'll think to. of it. Young Magic, though. I'm. I wasn't as into it as Rob was. I liked it. I mean, I can see. I think. I think our review of it's fair. I think everyone's review's been pretty much around the same score and points and. They're kind I of a think promising band. It, it, they have fantastic singles, I think. Night in the Ocean. Uh, what else? Fuck, I've forgotten all the names of the singles. And then, yeah, there's a few tracks that have just reached those heights. Uh, you Were There is amazing. And uh, The Dancer is also amazing. Those three, I think they released those three as singles. And they're, they are like amazing. So if you want to just check out one or two songs, check out some of those. Eric, what have you been listening to? I've been listening to the new Islands record called A Sleeping and a Forgetting. Or A Sleep. A Sleep and a Forgetting. A Sleep. Not, not a sleep, just a sleep. An indiscriminate sleep. And I think it's, I think it's really, I think it's really good. I think it's, um very different than well pretty much every islands record has been different in a lot of ways from the one that has came before it and uh i think this is is no exception it's a lot more it's 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 step a step back in terms of like scale it's a lot more a lot more simple and i don't i don't know i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but I, th- I think it's really good. It's it's Nick's Nick Thornburn, Thornburn, who's like the head guy of Islands, um, lead singer, guitarist, yada yada yada. He, uh, I think it's his most mature songwriting yet, and I think it's a good album. And has anybody else been listening to it? Could you speak to this as well? We saw it live, Eric. Yeah, I can't. But well, first of all, fuck you for seeing <laughs> for seeing them live and then seeing them play "Where There's a Will Is a Way" because that song's awesome. Um, but I, I can't imagine seeing them live, like having them play that, which includes like two rap verses, and then hearing anything on this, and then them probably playing like "Creeper" from their second album and like weird, just weird stuff like that. I can't. I don't know. It'd be weird to see them live now. I think. Yeah, it was. It was a very strange show. Like, they, it, like half the crowd was seated, half the crowd was standing. Like, yeah. no one knew really what to do. Like, these songs are definitely much more suit the songs from Asleep and Forgetting, much more suit um, the sitting vibe. Like, they're all based around piano. Well, not all of them, but like the majority yeah. of them. Yeah. What kind of music? Yeah. Are they? They're almost Islands. like lounge, la- indie lounge. Oh, these ones. Islands are just like indie rock. And yeah, the horns, basically. You've never heard Islands, Will? I feel like maybe I have, but... You, you ever heard the Unicorns? To, you need to hear Return to I've the Seeds. I've heard the Unicorns. Return yeah, the Unicorns this. were Islands before they were Islands. Oh, okay. Like, after the one Unicorns album... You guys like, you guys like indie rock more than I do. It's just a That's fact. That's true. But, um, like, the first Islands album was, like, a seminal indie album. Like, Return to the Sea. Yeah. Return yeah. to the Sea is like a world in and of itself. That album still holds up as like incredibly unique and awesome. 
Uh, I think about the going back to the new record. I think the songs are really good, but they're not. If you, they're not the kind of things that are going to grab your attention, you have to yeah. put some time into it. I think. Yeah, and I don't like the middle section where he tries to go upbeat on this one. I feel like that's kind of out of place and doesn't really work with the rest. There's only a couple tracks like that. I think it's like Can't Feel My Face or Lonely Love. One of those yeah. is like, it's like all of a sudden like out of nowhere is like this like squealing like electric guitar. <laughs> but, Wait, you said there's yeah. rapped verses? That sounds awful. That's f- from the first album. It's just no, they played it's- that. It's they that. it's not it's not awful it's awesome it's actually it's really great but that's from the first album we're just mentioning it because they played it last night and they had the rappers come on but I doubt that so the rappers are actually so. from like L A so they oh there. oh they get different people to rap it was bus driver and what's the other guy's name I like and I've forgotten for, forgotten the other guy's name but I know I doubt they'll even play that song again on this tour I bet it's been years since they played that God fuck you Phil fuck you Rob. It was really cool. It was a great show. Uh, I thought I, I liked it more yeah, than Rob. Even I'd never seen him before. I was like, and I was like up in the front taking pictures and stuff. And it was cool because like right at the beginning of the show, like Nick and like one of the other guys, they were trying to make their way to the stage, but like the aisles were really jammed with people. And they got to like where I was standing, and then they lost like the other two members of their band, and they couldn't find them. And so like, and then Nick was like tripping out, and, like started t- like talking to like a stranger. He's like. It's the first night of the tour. I think it's gonna go really badly. You know, <laughs> like that's not like a good feeling to be yeah. going into like the show. Like, like the lead singer is like already thinks like it's gonna fail, and like he had that persona up there the whole night where it's like you get he was really self-deprecating his humor and like, but almost seems, like too much. Like, no, no, it seemed really sincere. Like he seemed like he was expecting everyone to hate it. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like. You could tell he kind of probably put a lot of himself into the show. Oh, okay. And as as he got looser and as the night went on, like the songs got more upbeat. You know, he encouraged everyone to get out of their seats and start standing, and then people did, and it was good. Phil, what have you been listening to? I've been listening to the new tennis album called Young and Old. You love it, don't you? Love it. Love tennis. He lied. He lied in this review. He really <laughs> he, he lied and hated it because he wanted to be cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just try to be different. Everyone's giving all these like middling reviews, so I thought I'll hate on it because like I don't want to just give an average review like everyone else. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, a- no, I think it, I think this band is pretty bogus. Yep. I don't understand how this band got famous. I do. Gorilla versus Bear. Gorilla versus Bear. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like really pumped them up, and then like other sites picked up, and they're like, "Oh, this is the next big thing." And then their first album came out, and Pitchfork slapped on like a six point two or some bullshit like on the on the debut. And then the Consequence of Sound gave it like four and a half stars, like recommended album. Mostly, uh, when we gave it a high school, but that was that was. Yeah, you got again. duped, Rob. You got duped. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we I was, don't talk I, about I that. Wasn't charged, I wasn't in charge then. We had dueling reviews. But yeah, th- this very... album this album tried to be different. Like, it's like, you know, it wasn't, like, written on a boat. They got <laughs> um, Patrick Carney from uh, Black, the Black Keys produced it. And, you know, they're promising, like, this more muscular sound. But this band, like, Tennis, it's impossible for them to be muscular. And it was really disappointing, like how like 
their idea of muscular was just like slightly more noisy, but still really like withdrawn. And you know, it's like that nos- like nostalgic distance where it's like meant to sound like it was recorded 40 years ago. Kind of like uh, like Colts, I guess. Hey man, Colts is really good. No, Colts is far better than tennis. <laughs> like, <laughs> like night and day difference. It's know? hard not okay. to make the comparison though, because they came out at like at the exact same time and sort of tried to do the same thing. Yeah, but Colts has like a lot of personality to their songs. No, no, no I yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I'm just saying it's, it's better it's, songwriting and like a lot of good things going for it. And tennis doesn't have any of those things going for it. Like the drums are like hardly like you know I've listened to that album like you know whatever five times or whatever and like I still can't like tell you anything about it. I don't remember the drums at all like there are drums there's a percussionist but like and have a drummer produce an album and not remember the drums is really disappointing she's a boring boring voice that's like yeah she can't emote like her lyrics are like subpar there's nothing they don't got anything good going for them they're not good live I've seen them it was boring you know <laughs> like I don't get why like people pay attention. Keep going, to Phil. Keep going. People go, Phil. Go. They're on Fat Possum, which is maybe why people pay attention. Maybe, maybe they're on Fat Possum because people paid attention. I don't know, but I'm I'm really. Yeah, it was a really, like the more I think about the album, the less I like it. It's like listenable. It is a listenable album, you know, but I just don't. I don't. See, I don't get, I don't get you, tennis. I don't want you to succeed. The one, the one good song. <laughs> I counted two good songs on the new album. There's two songs I liked. So two, so twenty percent, right? I gave it, I gave it thirty nine. Thirty nine percent. What? Their first album was recorded on a boat. It was written while they were at sea. I don't know if they actually recorded it on the boat. Is that? Wasn't it on their on their honeymoon or something? It's that- been like seven months at sea. And first of all, like how bougie is that? Like we're going to go cruise down the eastern seaboard for seven months. Well, they are. Yeah, like, get them, Phil. They are- <laughs> you know? But like, like do I, I do not relate to those people who have that life. You know? well, like, they, well, they are called tennis. I mean. Yeah, no. Kind of they, like the, the guitarist wears like cardigans and button-up shirts. Yeah, I mean it's just like, like just the jumping off point. I'm not going to relate to a band. That like, you know, their biggest problem is like, you know, the mast is like sagging or whatever. <laughs> was, was that a, was that like the mythology they kind of tried to peddle behind that that first album? Like, hey, we wrote this on a boat. No, yeah, yeah that no, was. That, I mean, that was like a thing. That like, was go like back and bon- read every single story. story written about them. It included a thing about the boat. No, that's like a lot of nautical lyrics and all kinds of stuff. You know, it's like. That was their thing. Wow, that sounds awful. That just sounds like just shit. Here, yeah. <laughs> God. And that's all there is to it. Let's move on to the next album. <laughs> I've been listening to... Guess what I've been listening to, guys? Burial. Uh, uh, Loops of Your Heart. Burial. I have been listening to... Loops Return to the Sea. I've been listening to uh, Burial's new EP called Ooh. Kindred. There's something out there. Uh, and I've been listening to it a lot because it's it's pretty fantastic. 
And I listened to it too. It didn't. It didn't sink in right away for me. Um, I do. I, I. I'll say like I do think this is kind of the next. Next step in Burial's evolution. I really feel like he's he's made some interesting strides, and it's it still sounds like Burial, but it, it sounds. Um, he he's he's trying something. He's trying something a little bit different, and I said in the review it sounds like Burial, but his his kind of worldview has kind of been uh, changed or skewed. And I really the album sort of feels like um, almost uh, like an assemblage of more more collagey than uh, anything that Burial's done in the past. And uh, um, I don't know, I'm kind of tripping over myself to to describe. What'd you guys think of it? I hold on, it. hold on, hold on. Will, please tell me why you think Burial should be the biggest dance, uh, not dance, electronic artist in the world. Um, I think he's probably the most uh, influential music musician at this point in time, in 2012. Just blanket statement, all music, I think he's the most... Who, who or what has he influenced? Contemporary artists. I mean, electronic music is basically... Please cite one electronic artist who Burial has influenced. Like, last week we were talking about John Talbot. That has Burial all over it. The vocal samples, that nocturnal kind of R&B style. He, Burial is responsible for, like, The weekend. The weekend exists because of Burial, in my opinion. Like, that, that atmosphere, that's all Burial. And everybody has... I mean, Lana Del Rey has vinyl crackle on her album. And that's because of Burial. That's kind of how huge he is at this point. And the other weird thing is, um, he's not, like I said earlier, I think he should be as big as Daft Punk, but he, no one knows, like, we know who Burial is, kind of people in our indie sphere or whatever know who Burial is, but outside of, you go up to your, you know, your everyday Skrillex fan, they're not going to have any fucking clue who Burial is. And he invented, I mean, he didn't invent dubstep, but he, I mean, his first album, the self-titled album, kind of defined what you know, dubstep and how it sort of played out and what an al- a dubstep album was supposed to be. You know, before that, it was really all singles and sort of, you know, this mutant two-step garage type stuff. And then Braille came out with just this whole just scene-defining album and then followed it up less than a year later with Untrue, which is, I mean, one, I, I think I, I think that's album of the decade material right there for, for last decade. I think... Enough can't be said about Burial, in my opinion. So that's your answer, Eric. Come at me. <laughs> I'm just happy that this is the fir- first podcast in a few weeks where I haven't made a total ass of myself. Yet. No. Still early, man. <laughs> um, Will, do you think he's ever going to release another full album again or do you think he's gonna just keep releasing three tracks at a time like this i mean this comes to 30 minutes which is a perfectly acceptable stand-in for an album i guess yeah it's it's, uh, it's weird because I, I i really feel like this feels like a full album almost like i mean the there are two tracks that are more than 11 minutes long and the second one is essentially like three tracks in one um, it cha- Astro Wasp. Yeah, it, just, it changes so much. And that, that's the thing I was trying to say before. It has this really weird kind of... Um, 
I don't want to say meandering, but it has this sort of jumble quality. He never really finds one place, one melody, and sticks to it for a whole track. He sort of shifts things up um, along, you know, a whole 11 minute track. So it becomes like, you know, the where, where it starts and where it ends is completely different. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that that on a loner, like the last like 45 seconds of that song is almost my favorite part where you think the song's ended, yeah. but it kind of goes into this like denouement like aspect of this track. It was really, it's creepy music though. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of burials. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's that's why he'll never be as big as Daft Punk because this is not fun music. This is like right. it's stay at home I mean, and listen to it by yourself. Yeah, no, also I was like, I was, I, was, I was listening to it before bed, like you know, it's kind of it's you're by yourself. It's kind of like it's kind of spooky. Eric, you, I'm not. You can <laughs> you can badmouth Radiohead and Bonavir all you want. But I'm not gonna let you get away with badmouthing Burial. What what's your problem with him? I have no problem with Burial. I've listened to all Burial. I've listened to much Burial. Because I like electronic music, and I know it's important to listen to him. I don't know. I thought I thought Kindred was kind of. I don't want to say the B word. I don't want to say it in front of Will. No, you can't. That's not a criticism. Plug your ears. You have to. Boring. Boring is so subjective, though. You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, Why is it no, boring? Boring's easy. Boring's an easy, Fox. amateur dismissal. I, I would go as far as saying it's lazy. How about that, Eric? Yeah. Fair enough. But what, no, but seriously. But, I mean, but but let, let's talk about boring for a second. There there are situations where it is apt, though. Yeah, but you still have to explain it. You know, you can't exactly. But I mean, I just don't get that, Eric. I, like, I think I it's like, done very. I, I think it's done very well. Guy and I put it on. on and I was not bored. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think I like this kind of music. Is the problem? I think that <laughs> I, I think that's why I don't find this entertaining at all. Um, I think it's done very well, and I like Burial. Like I said, I've, I've listened to Burial. It's, this, is, this isn't the first burial I've heard, and then I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. But, yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, to me, it's his least born. I mean, it's his most kind of intense and, and sort of, I don't even know, like just hefty, uh, you know, moves. This album moves where a lot of, like I said, he, he's kind of been known for um, something that he's passed on to, you know, countless artists. Um, is this sort of sense of negative space that sort of inhabits the middle of his of his tracks. And on this album, he totally does away with that. He totally fills it with sort of huge synths. Uh, the a loner has this really quick arpeggio at its center. Um, it really, it really is, it's kind of a huge album, which isn't really, uh, you know, something that you can say of most burial tracks, I don't think. I don't know. It's like I was trying to say before. I just think... This is sort of the burial that kind of, um, like in my review, I said it's sort of the the post everything burial we've been waiting for. You know, this is an artist yeah. that has been so far, mythologized, and he kind of yeah, far be it. Uh, carry on, carry on. No, go ahead, Rob. I was just gonna say far be it from me, someone who doesn't listen to as much electronic music as a lot of people do, but I think this is like a, a pretty progressive EP. Yeah, it's, like push these these tracks pushing twelve minutes. I like you don't see many other artists doing that. Not as many. Not well, I, I knew Eric was going to have something to say about that. Well, no, there's just a lot of electronic artists that do that, and I think this album is very progressive. I just don't think it's that. I don't know. I, I'm sorry, guys. No, I think it's progressive in the sense that it's um, sort of taking Burial's atmospheres and his ties to. Um, 
dubstep and bass and all this kind of genre stuff. And then, you know, adding a lot of kind of techno flavor to it, you know, which is where you get a lot of 11-minute songs. But he also, you know, creates these tracks that are more like sweets. I mean, there's no, like, one melody or hook to yeah. any of those tracks. They they all just go all over the place. And at first, that was really hard for me to get a handle on. I was like, what what's going on? But then when you listen to it enough and it sort of sinks in how everything works as a whole and, you know, has this sort of you know this this quality of movement you know it feels kind of like you're traveling a little bit and uh and i think you know his approach it, it it's it always seems sort of unsatisfied it seems like he is really manipulating things in real time instead of locking into a groove and i think that in a sense for what kind of textures and, and sounds he uses or is sort of progressive sean what are you listening to I've been listening to the new Sleigh Bells album, which just uh, was been, has been streaming online this week, called uh, "Reign of Terror." And I think it's pretty good. I think I like it a lot better than their uh, first one. <clears throat> I agree. I actually, like I, it. I, actually, I think I do like it more than their first one, but I don't. I didn't really like the first one. This is going to be a tough album to score. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not reviewing it. That's why I've been doing it. It's called Zerko is uh, reviewing it. Okay. I'm not reviewing uh, it. No. But Will, you're really into it though, aren't you? Yeah, until it's weird. Like, yeah, I really like it a lot. Uh, I read, did you guys read that Pitchfork review of their, uh, of their the show? live show? Yeah. yeah. That really pissed me off. <laughs> not, like... What he said about Sleigh Bells made me kind of hate Sleigh Bells a little bit. Which part? The part where he's talking about, you know, the Facebook generation and, like, how... You know, I, I've i seen Sleigh Bells live, and I thought... Um, I didn't really get what he... I guess they probably changed a little bit. Like, he said their, you know, their, their marketing was so calculated, and uh, they kind of... Every, every two seconds, they'd be, like, posing and preening for, you know, photo, photos... And, I mean uh, that, that. I mean that just might have been this show. Like, first of all, he's on a. They're on tour with Diplo. So yeah. if you're gonna judge the crowd, like, think about that tour, Diplo and Sleigh Bells. You know, like who in in Florida? Who are you attracting? Like, it's not like the coolest people in the fucking world. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, and, and second of all, I've seen Sleigh Bells do the exact opposite. I've seen I, like they played a show where during the photo period they would only like they played in the dark and would only like flash like strobe light at like intervals that were like not uh, predictable so you you'd have to just guess when to like click your camera and hopefully you get a shot yeah that doesn't really have anything to do with the album i i really like the album i think it's uh you know they kind of drop the hip-hop angle a little bit like the beats aren't so um they don't swagger that much it's almost like i i think a lot of people that might have... be the single whitest thing ever said on this podcast by the way oh yeah what was that what did i say that the beats that the beats they drop the hip hop and the beats don't swagger that much. Well, you know what I mean. It doesn't have the yeah. The I got one, I got the one and the just... three. I don't know. It's like it's like it's a pretty sort of uh, bold marriage of sort of classic indie pop and uh, hair metal almost. You know that that hair metal guitar sound, power chords and stuff. I, yeah, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of Def Leppard comparisons with that, and I. 
I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. It's, I like just the attitude of it, though. You know, like, you don't get that, especially in the modern indie culture. Like, music this like, brazen and, like, you know, it's very, like, it's bold and unafraid and... And not uh, not afraid to be like silly. Like I mean, that that third song on it, uh, whatever it's called, like it's like it almost reminded me of the new Madonna single, "Crush." You know, where it's like almost like a cheerleader chant. You know, like for a chorus. Yeah, and which is like it's like silly if you think about it. You know, but like I, I like that Sleigh Bells seems only two albums into their career, very comfortable with like who they are. Not trying to be necessarily more, you know, but like. This album seemed more like refining what they did good on their last album. My problem with it, I, well, I mean, my problem with Sleigh Bells has always been it seems like they're making music that's supposed to sound loud when you play it on laptop speakers. Like, that's the way it's mastered. And I think that's the kind of people it's aimed at, like people who only listen to music on, like, through laptops and stuff. And I think, and. Wait, what does that, that mean? That, it, I listen like, to music through my laptop speakers. Yeah, and I disapprove of it. Why? Because um, <laughs> it sounds crappy, and it's not a good. It's disrespectful to the artist, except if you're sleigh bells, because they've made their music to sound good that way. Buy me some uh, nice headphones, rich guy. I'm, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, I, I have some. some I, I have some pretty good headphones, and it sounds pretty great. I mean, the bass is. Yeah, really heavy. I, no, no. I think the new album sounds a lot better on on good headphones. I, I, but their old one like used to hurt my ears. I couldn't listen to it. I, I think would... they've toned it. I would say it sound, it's less about computer speakers and more about, you know, driving around in your car and letting the bass kind of sag out there, you know? Treats, like, was a great car record. Yeah. That's how, that's how I really got into that album, was driving around in my car and listening yeah, to it. it really like, that is. One, like, Treats is almost like new metal, though, at times. <laughs> like, it reminded me almost of, like, like the Limp Bizkit, like... Indie Limp Bizkit or something. I don't see that. I don't see that at all. Nah, there's times where like it borderlined on new metal, like the like you were saying, like the like the hip hop element, you know. Like think about it, like hip hop mixed with like kind of like hair metal, you know, <laughs> like yeah, like but that's, I don't know. Limp Bizkit is more like no, maybe not Limp Bizkit, but maybe like I don't know, like Power Man Five Thousand. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I I understand what you mean conceptually. Like, you know, like hip-hop and... There was times, there was times on Treats where, like, the taste level was, like, questionable. I don't know. I I think that's sort of part, like you were saying, it's kind of brazen and sort of crass almost. But it kind of works because of that almost, you know? It's like, um, I think we talked a little bit about it on an earlier podcast. It's sort of excess for excess sake. And I think... It kind of works because because that's kind of like what they're going for. It's kind of the outcome. It's sort of crass and 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 sort of messy and and sort of I don't know. Yeah, it, it's also weird to me that no one like you know they kind of seem like they're. I mean, they're going to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, they're getting bigger. Like they're going to get marketed to a bigger audience. No one's like picking them apart. Like, and it seems like it'd be pretty pretty easy to do because like I think this the the girl. Yeah. Like she used to be like a teen star, right? Or like a a child star. Well, she was on the cover of a Nickelodeon magazine. Yeah, when she was a kid. <laughs> I don't know that she was like a a t- a kid actor or anything like that. But I think I mean I feel like it's only like a matter of time before we get this like deconstruction of sleigh bells and like people 
trying to present it like they're this, you know, creation from the media, like trying to, you know. You think so? I feel like that's coming, you know. Like, I mean, I, I won't agree with it. Like, I'm really against these things when they happen, you know. But I just they seem like a band that's like in that territory where I could easily see yeah. someone trying that argument. I mean, I, I is, that, is that because they're getting a lot of funny coverage on Hipster Runoff? You think it's the are they now? I haven't even looked. I haven't seen that, but. Oh, yeah. He's been writing about them a lot because they're on the cover of Spin and stuff. Yeah. Sean, this was your album. What do you think of it? I think it's... I actually quite like... I think it's really good. I think, first of all, Comeback Kid has Song of the Year potential. I don't know if any of you guys agree with that, but I absolutely love that song. I think... It's a great song. I think so, too. I think the rest rest of it is... uh, I don't know. It's a lot more... It it seems a lot more varied than uh, their first album. Yeah. It seems a lot less one-dimensional. Yeah, and I, I can see a lot of people like kind of not liking it for that reason because Treats was so simple and so straightforward and sort of had the same kind of emotion throughout the whole thing, whereas this is sort of more... It has more sophistication to it in, in its arrangements. And, and you know, they like you said, it varied, varied up a little bit more. And it's cool when on a song like... Uh, I think it's Road to Hell, like... The guitars are still huge, but it's it's more of they, it's more relaxed and sort of a a come down song. I don't know. I I it's cool that they can um, record these kind of power chord driven, bombastic songs, and then kind of compress the car uh, guitars down so much that it's still sort of kind of laid back in a way, and almost like pretty. They're just a fun band. Though. I'm glad they're around. Yeah, like, they, don't they make the music landscape more interesting? Yeah, because they like, don't—they don't sound like anybody. No, nah, yeah, they're doing their thing. It's like I want to like—they're coming to LA in like a week. You know, I'm really hoping we get a cover because I want to. Like, you know, that show's just gonna be fun. You know, it's gonna be. That's kind of why I think if there is that kind of backlash, that sort of deconstruction of who they are, I—I I, I think it's out of place because they have always seemed like they're just devoted to fun, and that's what their music sounds like, and it is yeah. fun, and it's like they—they kind of are. I mean. The songwriting has gotten a little bit more sophisticated, but that it's still that same dimension of like the same outcome of just like, hey, it's party music. And I think yeah. they, they kind of know that's what they are. And that, that works to me, I think. Should we, answer, should we answer some list questions? Do we have any we have guys questions? Eric, Eric, which album do you most wish you'd never heard? I think that's a really good question, and I don't know the answer. Um, there are definitely some oh. albums I'd, I've heard and thought, God, I wish I'd never heard that. Probably, yeah, Tennis's, probably Tennis's first album. Foster <laughs> the People's album. Oh, you heard the whole album? Foster the People I reviewed it, man. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. I remember that. That was like the first album review of yours that I read and was like, who's this guy? You didn't like uh, that album. Which is which is cool because like everybody was gave that album sort of a pass where it was kind of like a Lana Del Rey situation. Yeah, no, that how album. About was... Lupe, how about Lupe Fiasco's Lasers? There was one song in Lasers I liked. Yeah, but that album as a as just as what it represents for him and his career and just sort of the state of mainstream hip. Like, ugh. it's an album I wish had never been made. I or also... at least had, or at least had been a lot different than it was. And well, that brings us on to the next question. What's your all-time favorite hip hop album? God, this is a good one too. 
Cannibal Ops is uh, the cold vein is mine. Can That's I say choice. Dark Twisted Fantasy? I think I'm, that might be mine. Mine is probably the that. blueprint. The blueprint? Interesting. Yeah. Phil? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Outside of that, I love Mad Villainy. But Phil, you love hip-hop. I love hip-hop. It's my favorite. I mean, I remember like the first like hip-hop albums I liked was like Atmos, like the Lucy Ford LP or EP or whatever, like, uh, Atmosphere. From Eric's neck of the woods. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a game changer for me. And that, you know, it's like that and Deltron Thirty Three around the same time. I guess we're saying besides SoldierBoyTellEm.com because that. Oh was the, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just you know we're not staying the that, obvious. That's just the consensus uh, greatest album of all time in any genre. So I just figured it would it would it would be too uh, redundant to say it. Oh, actually, I, like I take back all my uh, Wu Tang Clan entry the thirty six chamber. Oh yeah, there that's, you go. <laughs> that's a good. One. That's, that's the, the best one. <laughs> Mine would probably okay. have to be MF Doom's M Foods. Nice, that's a good one. Well, how how do you feel about my favorite MF Doom album? Is Vaudeville uh, Villain? Do you guys like that? Are you album? really? Yeah. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I love it. I like Saliva. Saliva is like one of his best tracks ever, but I that album is like not even like on my top five Doom albums. Really? Yeah. I think uh, Dead Mouse is like one of the coolest samples ever used in hip hop. I think for me, if okay, all right, guys, the new the new question is top five favorite Doom albums. And <laughs> no one go. asked us that, Eric. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Everybody, uh, everybody would say Mad Villainy, though, right? I think King well, I, I think King Ge- King Geeter is probably my second favorite after M Foods. Yeah, and I like I like Operation Doomsday, and um, I, I like um, the Mouse and the Mask because of, they bleep out all the swear words really badly. Yeah, like, Mouse and the Mask is really God. There's so many good Doom albums, you guys. I but I the, like the that sing- one more than. Don't go listen to the new single; it's awful. What the one that we put up today? Yeah, it's it's bad. It's rancid. Yeah, it was it wasn't very good. I not don't have much hope for that album. JJ Doom album. So JJ Doom. Yeah. I don't know. At first I thought good, it was JJ, like the the Swedish band, and I was about to lose my shit, and then I found out it was some hack producer. That would be pretty incredible. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought. New question is: Who would you like to see Doom collaborate with? Monster Rally. Because the, the XX Doom, yeah, XX Doom, yeah, that'd be good. How about Doom the crust punk band? No, get out. <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever? Anyone ever managed to see Doom live? I, I saw him. I held his mask in my hand. What? Was it heavy? Was it yeah. heavy? No, you didn't, Eric. Yes, I did. There's a picture of me with it. <laughs> Fuck you. So you saw him without it on? I s- Yes, I saw him without it on. It was in his van after the show. So you, like, without yes. permission, yes. touched it? Yes. No, no, he was there. You asked him? Yes. It was yeah. at it was at Soundfest in 2008, Minneapolis. Can I hold your mask, sir? <laughs> How heavy was it? What do you want me to? Uh, what do you want it in? You want it in? in I want every single detail. Or, uh, you touched MF no, Doom's mask. Mean, it's kind of a big is it, deal. Is it as heavy as it's made to look? Like, is it fully metal or is it like 
light metal. Is it, is it heavy metal or light metal? I don't know. <laughs> But so we're at Soundset, which is a hip hop festival in Minneapolis, and it's really awesome and really well done. And you should go listen, or you should go to it because it's it's really good every year. Um, but anyway, so I'm standing like the front of like front row all day and taking pictures of this shitty old blog I used to write for, and blah 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 blah. And then like Doom, Doom's running late, does the usual Doom stuff. But like before that. So there was like all this delay. So I was in the front row and I jumped over the barrier. And security guys like literally did nothing, which I, I know this all sounds completely fake and stupid and not real, but it's actually a thing that happened. My friends can attest to it, my friends who were there with me. So like I jump over the little barrier onto like where the security and like photo people are and and nobody does anything, so I walk to the right where they they would usher people out if you know you got in trouble. And I just walked around there, and then I walked around to the side of the stage. And, like, I hang out there while Doom's playing. And then Doom's done, and he goes off stage, and I walk around the back to where he is, because I wanted to, like, say hello. What? You know, because you know, you know, he knows who I am and stuff. Right. And, <laughs> no, but, like, I just wanted to, like, see him or, like, meet him or do whatever. And he was, like, there. He was, like, getting in his SUV or whatever, and he was, like, hanging there. The door was, like, halfway ajar, and the window was rolled down. And, and yeah, like, it just, I don't know, I just said hello, and I told him I'm a big fan, and he, he gave me the mask, and I held it there for a minute. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. is empty with no brain but the clever nerd the best mc with no chain you ever heard take it from the tech nine hola david don't know they next shine from shinola everything that glitter ain't fish scale let me think don't let a faint get his smell a shot of jack out of back it's not an axe stack forgot about the cackalack holla back right. is that it are we done <laughs> done with this you want to talk about so coming out this week uh what do we have um we got Band of Skulls, Sweet Sour. Thumbs down. Blondes, Blondes. Uh, Burials, Thumbs up. Burials Kindred. The Caretaker. Patient. You changed your mind, Eric? Just because I want you guys to be my friends after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, dude. You just don't fit in my musical landscape. Have you heard the new Earth album? That's worth listening to, I think. No, I don't like that one either. Uh, Angels, Earth, of Dark- Angels, Angels of Darkness. Of Darkness. Next. Demons of Light. Field Next. Plum. Uh, <laughs> Francois and the Atlas Mountains. Evil. Evil of Love. You you reviewed that, Rob, right? A while ago. Yeah, I re- I reviewed that because yeah, it was okay. Uh, I gave ha- it a sixty-one. Heartless Bastards. Arrow. Uh, Howl and Rain. Russian Wilds. Islands. As- asleep and a forgetting. Uh, Pinch's uh, Fabric Mix is coming out this week. Uh, Shearwater. Animal Joy Water. Um, it's wait. not Animal Joy Water. It's just Animal Joy. Who put Christ, that there? how many times are we going to talk about Shearwater on this podcast? Ten- ten- not ten- enough. Tennis Young wait, and wait, Old. Wait, wait, wait. Next question. Who's better live, Shearwater or Ockerville River? Or Tennis. Ockerville River, dude. No, Shearwater's better live. You're totally off base here, man. <laughs> I'm totally not. <laughs> the most ridiculous saying that I've ever heard in my life. How do you no. even exist in our world, Rob? You're ridiculous. Shearwater's Shearwater's like a fine band. They're fine. They're they're decent live, but they're not. It was like hardly memorable. They're they're one of the best live. They're one of the best live bands out there. 
No, Arkerville yeah. River is way better. No. Yes. Shearwater is much better though. No, no way. All right, I hate this podcast. Let's end it. Uh, <laughs> love my show. This is the, most, the, the most argumentative podcast ever. Yeah. Can we can we highlight Unicycle loves you failure? Oh That's yeah. A good album. Unicycle loves you failure. And Wendy That's and good. Carl's new album. We will always. Oh yeah. Um, we've got a rev- we've got a review of that going up tonight by Josh Becker, and it's a really really good review. So you should Wait. read it. There is a band called Wendy and Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> is, it a, is that a boss racist project? <laughs> no, it's Wendy and Carl. Okay. <laughs> wow, I never thought of that before, though. That's yeah, neither good. did I. <laughs> Wendy and Carl Jr. It's amazing. But anyway, yeah, Josh Becker's review of that album is great, so read it. New cranky album. Um. Oh man, that's it. <laughs> Say goodbye. We're retiring. From I wait. Podcast. I want to know. I want to know if anyone made it to this point of the podcast. Tweet at us the word uh, palindrome, so we know. <laughs> what? What kind of weird ass shit is that? <laughs> I like that a lot. That's so awesome, Rob. Thank you. I saw that. From we, should, we, should do it. we should do that every show. Just is have that a safe yeah. word? <laughs> no, I stole I stole I stole it from another podcast. Isn't that a little like, desperate though? Like <laughs> that's not uh, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, would, even if I did make it to the end, I wouldn't tweet it at you. Like, why not? <laughs> I'd tweet fuck you, bitch for a minute. Fuck you, palindrome. Well, tweet us fuck you palindrome, I made it to the end, something to that effect, to let us know you made it to the end. At BPM feed. Uh. Uh. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.